welcome to Kaiba Health and Life. I'm your host, Kristen Wolosinovich, and I'm so excited to have my guest celebrity co-host, Grammy Award-winning member of Full Force, and of course, House Party 1 and 2, Paul Anthony. Yes, how are you? How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for co-hosting with me today. Looking forward to it. Kaiba Health and Life, you are in from Brooklyn. Big ups Mm -hmm. to Brooklyn. Okay, okay. In the Michigan studio. And to my right, Paul, in the hot seat. Mm -hmm. Very honored and privileged to have Dr. Kathy Burton-Brown, psychotherapist. How are you? It's a good day. It is a good day. You know, I met you recently. Um, it was very serendipity in my <laughs> meeting you. And I said, what do you do? You said, I'm a therapist. I said, mm, I need your phone number. <laughs> I need your cell number now. But, you know, really excited to have you on the show. And when Paul's on the show as well, because today we're going to talk about emotional resilience. And Paul you are a champion you are a champion of cancer and your journey has been since 2006 roughly correct Mm -hmm. when you were originally diagnosed for our Mm -hmm. listeners and viewers just tell us a little bit about your your cancer journey yes uh diagnosed in 2006 going into 2007 with a uh, third to fourth stage of mantle cell lymphoma then after that, uh, I had a bone marrow transplant, but then it came back. It was mild dysplastic syndrome and acute myeloma leukemia. And I'm here by the good grace of God and my brother's 10 for 10 bone marrow transplant, courtesy of Bo-Legged Lil. <laughs> and when Paul's out telling his story, you know, the diagnosis wasn't, it was it was very grim when you first received it. Mm-hmm. But your emotional, your mental, your mindset, it never went there. Right. Right. And that's why Dr. Kathy is on the show today because, you know, whether it's a medical diagnosis or whether it's life, right? Right. We need this resiliency. So tell us a little bit about how long you've been practicing and what you specialize in. I have been practicing in the field since 1984, and I've been in private practice for the past 15 years. Okay. Um, My mother was a social worker who went from being a battered wife to helping women, uh, single mothers particularly. And she taught me how to uh, maximize my skills to help others. And our journey in life is really to help others. So when I first met you, your energy and your spirit is exactly what I'm seeing right now. Um, Your light, love, and energy, and I got that right away. You talk to people on a daily basis. You take a lot in. How do you how do you stay emotionally resilient? Well, I um, I actually take my challenges that I've had in my life. I take my hard places and I use them to empower people who are currently going through the hard place. So I think when we look at our challenges in life, not in a tunnel vision, but in the broad spec perspective then you see how your test literally becomes your testimony. So I keep drawing on how can I take the test and what I've been through and use that testimony to help these people who are now going through the test. And so I know my source and my source for me is God. And so I always go back and continue to refill myself so that I can pour myself out to people who need just a little more in their cup to be able to survive. 
that sounds a little bit like Paul Anthony's philosophy a little, <laughs> just a little bit. Oh, Are you, is that. this resonating with you a absolutely, little bit? Absolutely, through a few different chambers, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, when she says refill, remember when I was on your show last time, I spoke on people investing time and energy in the refactor, is what I call it. Anything starting with the word re, refill, reassess, renew, reaffirm, you know, just, just re-up, you know? So you have to do that. So it was an honor just to hear exactly what you've also been through your personal, you know, that's, that's resiliency personified, you know? So I definitely relate. So we live in a society that's very fast-paced, absolutely, right? Myself included, and um, it's something that I've been trying to be mindful of and gain more patience. And we talk about the resiliency, and we talk about our children growing up and their coping skills or lack thereof. What are some tips that you can give me that you can give our listeners and our audience to help to help hone these and craft these skills? It's not easy. I'm telling you, I'm working hard on it, but it's not an easy skill set. It's very challenging being a parent because there's no book that you can read that says, this is how you be the perfect parent. You know how it says what to expect when you're expecting? Right. We need it what to expect 17 years after <laughs> you've had that child, but it's exactly. Too much, it's too much to write. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. My 14-year-old actually uh, was born with a hearing deficit that we didn't discover until she was five years old. Oh, wow. She okay. was reading lips. She was getting good grades. She was doing everything that she needed to do. But one night she said, I can't hear you. I can't see your face. Mm. And that's when it, we got the revelation there's something going on. After 10 hearing tests, we finally got a diagnosis. So she had to wear hearing aids at five years old. And she looked at me and she said, why do I have to wear hearing aids? No one else in the family except Granny who's in her 90s, wear hearing aids. Why do I have to wear hearing aids? And I said to her, after taking a deep, deep breath and praying silently, Lord, what do I say? But I said to her, how do you know that God doesn't want to use you mm. to empower other little girls right. who may feel a little different? What mm -hmm. if one day girls look up and say, if Karina Brown can do it, why can't I? What if little girls look and say, Karina Brown did it even though she couldn't even hear well? And when people ask you, you're going to have to educate them. So if someone say, why do you wear hearing aids? Then say, why do you wear glasses? It's mm -hmm. to help you see better. My hearing aids help me to hear better. So you're going to have to get empowered and know where you're headed. She's an artist. I said, do you know how far ahead you are of everyone else? You know what you want to do in life. So don't be moved when people come up. Stay focused and know that there is a purpose for the pain that you're going through. That's right. That is uh, it's very powerful. And I think, too, whether it's a medical diagnosis, mm -hmm. what you went through, Paul, or what your daughter went through, it's very scary. Mm -hmm. And there's massive anxiety. So it sounds like it's shifting the narrative from the anxiety to calm to ownership and then empowerment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Some of the traits for emotional resilience is emotional awareness. Okay. Knowing, knowing how you feel. How do you feel about this challenge? How do you feel about this crisis? And when you know how you feel about it, then you're able to shift it. But if you're not aware of it, then you can't really get your finger on the pulse of it, so you have no control. 
But when you know that I'm struggling with sadness, then you can surround your, yourself with some people who will speak life to you and encouragement. You know, in another interview that I had with Paul, I had asked him because his mindset was so positive throughout the whole process. I said, did you ever have a day where you felt sad or depressed or felt like a victim? And you, you didn't. It sounds right. like you didn't. One thing that I struggled with in general is... I don't like those feelings. I don't do sadness well. I don't do depression well. I I am positive above and beyond. And that probably isn't always the healthiest thing for me to suppress or not let flow. Well, I think we have to keep it in perspective because when it comes down to life and death, what Paul was experiencing, it's different. you don't have room for negativity. Right. And so I tell people I'm allergic to negativity mm-hmm. yeah. because I need all my strength to fight whatever the challenge is. Right. And there's a difference between a challenge and a threat. A threat you can feel like will overwhelm you. A challenge just means you got to roll your sleeves up and fight. Mm-hmm. Well, is that the case where you never know how strong you are until that's your only option? Eleanor Roosevelt said, women are like tea bags. Mm. You never know how strong they are until you put them in hot water. Mm. So you stick us in hot water as people, and then we find out what's really on the inside. And there are people mm-hmm. who have, who are born with being able to be emotionally resilient, and then there are people who don't have the, that degree. That's right. So all of us possess some level of it. It just depends on what degree we have it. Right, right. You know, that's very interesting, and I'm sure you see in your practice, right, the paradigm, the varying shifts mm-hmm. of people who have the EQ, mm-hmm. if you will, and mm-hmm. those who do not. And when they have it and they're able to have awareness but then use logic coupled with it, mm-hmm. then I think that's what the balance is. I'm not a psychotherapist. I should be one, I think. <laughs> but, you would be um, wonderful. Thank you. Ah, thank you so much. Um, but I do think once you have that, you hit the nail on the head once you have that awareness, then you can apply logic to it. Right. But for me, I I know if you suppress those negative emotions, then what happens is they sometimes attach to something within the body, whether mm-hmm. it be mm-hmm. arthritis, and then it turns into inflammation, mm-hmm. then it turns into dis-ease, and mm. then it turns into something much worse. Absolutely. And um, that's why... I'm a work in progress, we Dr. All, Kathy. We, we all are. You know, but right. I, I tell I tell my patients that if if this room if your body was the size of this room, it still mm-hmm. wouldn't be big enough to handle emotions that you stuffed in there. They're gonna manifest somewhere else. We were never created to handle stress. That's why it shows up in our blood sugars, in our, our blood pressure numbers, mm-hmm. cholesterol numbers, because we're not supposed to contain that in the body. Well, also, there's a couple things I want to get to, and you're going to be a reoccurring guest. We're only scratching the surface today, but one of two things is you're seeing with adolescents and you're seeing with children, um, you're seeing behavioral issues, and then you're seeing this high number of uptick, whether it's Asperger's or they're on the autism Mm -hmm. spectrum. And of course, there is a lot of data behind that, whether it's vaccinations or what's in our food or what we're exposed to. Of course, you know, that is a different um, show, but there is a number of behavioral issues. So now you're seeing big pharma. um, Now you're seeing a lot of these children on meds, and then you're also seeing the drug, alcohol, substance abuse, and then of course the opioid crisis, because we're not, we're not 
built to handle stress? Are you seeing that? And is that a lot of patients that you have come in your office? Not that you can disclose because of HIPAA, but I'm oh, sure I, it's I, what you're seeing. Right. Um, we, we are seeing that across the board. And there's another level that's a problem because we somehow come to the place that we think a rule is a bad word. Mm-hmm. We can't discipline them. We can't even say no. They're training teachers now that you can't use the word no with students. Oh. You can't even say that's a good job. Why? Because really? that implies that every other time they did it, it was not a good job. Right. So or, we've gone overboard. I yeah, agree with that. Nice or you can't say it's a good job because another child may get offended. Right. right. Mm. I, you can't even win on the baseball team because the other team will feel bad about losing. Well. My goodness. That teaches us to prepare, that prepares us for life. Because in life, your employer is going to say, no, you can't have that week off. Right. In college, your teacher is going to say, no, you can't turn that in late. So you're also seeing the other side of the spectrum where you have these parents who have these kids at five years old ready for their D1 um, Mm -hmm. NBA superstar careers. And they are screaming at these babies and these kids and they're putting so much pressure but also it's not like when we were growing up it's not one season of sports it's a year round of mm-hmm. hardcore travel sports mm-hmm. and it's too much for these kids well have you heard the term lawnmower parenting no bulldozing parenting no. helicopter helicopter guilty, yes snow but, plow what's well, lawnmower well lawnmower is where the parent goes in and mows down any opposition the child might have. Mm-hmm. So you can't play with this child because they're taller and they may bully you. You you can't you can't write this paper because I know how to write it better. Let me write your paper because you need an A. And then when them. the teacher doesn't get the A, the parent goes <coughs> up and fights the teacher because mm. that the, child that should have had an A. The teacher's oh, wrong. Yeah. The teacher's wrong. Yeah. So we're teaching kids, let me do it for you. And then when they get... 25 and they say do it all for me we're going no 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 you're supposed to be on your own but we gave them a crutch that crippled them for life so i will tell you i was very guilty of that um with two daughters and the one that's 21 is finally getting on her feet and she has now that autonomy to make her own decisions but i did that because i thought it was what you know every generation wants to do better than Mm -hmm. the previous one Mm -hmm. What I found out I was doing was a massive disservice. But to also counter that is they also, we didn't have texting. So they have access to us Mm 24-7. Oh, I forgot my lunch. Oh, I need this. So they don't fail or there isn't any recourse or consequences because they can text and mommy or daddy will will help them. It's a massive disservice. This is the thing, though. The thing is, you This is are, my therapy session. <laughs> but what it shows is that you are emotionally aware because you can say, I missed it there. And that that right there... Is huge. It's huge because mm-hmm. it says it can be changed. Even though, even though she's 21, you can now go back and say, you know what? I should have taught you this, right. but I wanted to be a good parent. And I thought that was being a good parent. Mm-hmm. So they so, need to give them the opportunity to exercise their resilience. That's right. Otherwise, that's right. how will they ever know? You know, it's like a phrase I, I was talking to a friend of mine. He said, you know, Paul, I don't like to hang my hat any further than I could reach it. This way, I know it's right there. And I'm like, I like to hang my hat further. Otherwise, how will you ever find out how high you can jump? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And the same thing applies with these kids. They need to know. Sometimes they need to get, you know, a little bit so they can get stronger for mm-hmm. the next time and be resilient mm-hmm. and bounce back. 
You know, and they go through their phases. Maya yeah. decided she was going to leave because she got into it with her dad. And she came downstairs. She looked like Santa Claus with these two black garbage bags. <laughs> Don't know why the child didn't use suitcases. But she came. She said, well, I'm leaving. And I, and I said to her, come here. Let me give you a kiss. And here's the extra money I have on me. And just so you know, my love for you is unbroken. Mm. When you come back, I'll be right here loving you just the That's same. Right. I want right. you to be my mom, right. my sister, my life coach. <laughs> I'm just moving in with you. So I will say with kid number one, um, I did all that. Mm-hmm. With child number two, I pulled back on all of that over-parenting, probably when she was around 15, and it has been probably the biggest challenge of my entire life. Mm. And it involves Paul saying no, and it involves not being at her beck and call. And it has been um, really hard. Mm -hmm. It's been hard. Have you ever seen a a fawn, newborn fawn trying to walk? Okay. Mm -hmm. Am I the fawn? (laughs) No, you see the struggle? I do, I see it. They have to have the struggle. You know what would happen if they never had the struggle? We would never let them leave. Right. If they never had the contention with us, we would hold on and love them for dear life and they can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. We would become the bulldozing parent even though they're adults Mm. because I don't want you to experience bad Joe over there. I don't want you to have an accident. And so we would live in fear and hold Mm -hmm. them tight and not allow them to go to college or anywhere else. So you're telling me to stay the course. Stay the course. It's hard. Thank you. Thank you. But it will pay off one day. It it. Not today. Well, that child that left, <laughs> it's okay. that child that left, mm-hmm. she called me up in about two weeks and she said, can you get me some gas? I said, meet me at the gas station. She said, Mom, I've never been this hungry in my life. Mm. And I said, well, would you like me to take you in the store and get you some food? Or you want to sit down and have a meal? She said, I'll sit down. Two weeks later, she was back home. Mm-hmm. Because I literally loved all of her hatred, her anger, everything, and everything else right out of her. This has been a very, very important conversation. It is, it's fascinating and it's mm-hmm. only the tip of the iceberg. And whether it is, whether it's raising these children, mm-hmm. having to deal with, like we said, this new society, this new awareness that the children have because they also have access to the internet. That's right. They have access to awareness. There's also this kind mm-hmm. of crazy energy that's out there because they don't know how to, their, their brains aren't fully developed to handle these emotions that they're having. Mm-hmm. So it's so important for people like Dr. Kathy to have these conversations. But one thing, and Paul, I don't know if you noticed, um, your demeanor is calming and it's so positive and it just gives me so much hope mm-hmm. for sure. when you're when you're going sure. through things, it's very traumatic. Mm-hmm. It's traumatic dealing with very angry children or dealing with mm-hmm. a medical crisis. It's right. hard. It is hard. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. But it comes down to so some of the other things we need. Yeah, tell me some. When tips. we're emotionally resilient, mm-hmm. we have to surround ourselves with people who are positive and supportive. Mm-hmm. And then spirituality is a big piece. I don't care what your spirituality Absolutely. is for me; it's God. Absolutely. But the spirituality is a big piece because it keeps us grounded. And it keeps us going back to someone higher than us because we don't always have the answers. Right. But when we don't have the answers, we go to a place and then get that refill. That's right. And we come out and we pour back out. We pour back out. And even with our children, and children and family members can be most exhausted because they know us. 
You know, it's it's kind of I don't want to preach, but it's kind of like Jesus at home, mm-hmm. and they didn't they didn't embrace. You him can't at be home. a prophet in your own town. <laughs> right, what right, you're right. Saying? They right. didn't accept him at home, but he goes out into the world, and he's this great prophet, and he's this great person. But at home, he wasn't received. Right, and right. that's how we are. So it's okay for us to go to outside people who are grounded, who are spiritual, who have, and get that support. Because we don't always have the answers, but these kids are—they're—they're kind of like a, a whirlwind. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get in that whirlwind in the middle of it going on, you're gonna get hurt. Right. You know, so they—they—we have to let them go through the whirlwind. We have to let them go through the process. I apologize to my oldest. I said, "Your journey is not my journey. My journey was very different. I, I didn't feel the need to do the things that you do, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because in the end, it's your life anyway." I say to child one. You were 1.0, kid 1.0. I didn't know. I was very young and I apologize. But I think it's so important, like you said. And one thing, too, that I'm also learning besides the patience and, you know, other things I'm crafting and honing is also to, um, it's okay to go through the emotions. It's okay to feel. It's okay to allow it to flow. Just don't stay stuck in that place. Mm-hmm. We have to remember that we are the adults. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they act out. My daughter said to me one day, I hate having a mother that's a therapist. I had a mother that was a therapist mm-hmm. too. And, and I, but I asked her why. You always know what to do. Right. And so she said to me, why don't you ever argue with me? And I said, honey, I've been trained to talk killers off a ledge. You know, (laughs) why would you move me to an emotional place? That is so, I can do my mother to a T. I can imitate her (laughs) to a T. So if I call emotional, Mm -hmm. she puts her uh, therapist voice on (laughs) and I'm saying, Oh, girl, please, that's not what I want right now. I, I need my mom real right. quickly. But mm-hmm. but um, you're absolutely right. It's maintaining that calmness. Mm-hmm. It's maintaining your composure. Mm-hmm. And it's also two things. You don't drink that emotional poison or take it personal. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't take it personal. My children would tell you, even when I'm angry, I talk just like this. They have never heard me scream at them. Mm-hmm. That's an emergency voice if and, they were going to walk and, in front know, of us. That's, that's, that's a very good point because in addition to that, mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that energy moves. Mm-hmm. People leave energy out of the equation, and that blows my mind because God is energy. Mm-hmm. His spirit is mm-hmm. vibrancy. Mm-hmm. So you, I, you know how many times I've hit my children when they were coming up? Never. Mm-hmm. I've never had to put a hand on them mm-hmm. because my energy, they'd feel it, mm-hmm. and they'd know, mm-hmm. and they know what they know. So I never had to do that, you know? I just feel, you feel my presence, my mm-hmm. energy, and you know, don't go there. Mm-hmm. And then they come with laughter, and they say, Dad, we don't mean to laugh. God has a sense of humor. There's mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of clowns running it's around okay, out here. It's okay. Right. Yeah. We can laugh. It's, it's okay. okay. But just, you know, know your place. Well, and I do believe that you both have very similar philosophies and disposition, and I think we have had generations over generations that have been screamers, and they have been... Mm-hmm. We have been raising these kids the wrong way, mm-hmm. and it has to stop. It, it's all they, what we they knew. Only, they did what they knew to do. And, it is. And, and mm-hmm. we get the opportunity to look from a different perspective right. and say, wow, that really didn't work. <laughs> that, right. My grandmother was super cold, no hugs, no kisses. My mother said at 10 years old, mm. if I ever have kids, I'm going to be affectionate and love on them. Mm. And that's what she did. So there's a generation that was broken. That that's trait the was truth. broken. Mm. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul, you're visiting mm-hmm. Michigan, but I think real quickly, um, 
it's this manufacturing town. It's very mm. labor intensive. Mm-hmm. So they would go and work 40 to 80 hours. Right. They would come home and they were overly stressed mm-hmm. and they took it out on the kids or, you and know. Bought, but bought them everything. But bought them everything mm-hmm. to compensate mm-hmm. for the yelling or the, the disrespect or the mistreatment. Mm-hmm. And then you were seeing these generations that didn't know how to handle these emotions and there were mm. screamers. And for me, you know, I come from an Irish Catholic redheaded family. You know, they're very passionate. And I have worked really diligently to break that cycle in having these thoughtful Mm -hmm. conversations Mm -hmm. with these girls. The other side of the coin is the same with yours. As soon as I respond like this, they say, what is wrong with you? You don't care. But um, it's really helped me personally, emotionally, spiritually. It's hard. It's hard but it's going to serve them very well in the end. Good. And I'm excited. I'm excited for their well, future. It's a mm-hmm. difficult challenge to move from being a, a dependent little girl to an independent woman. Right. And so the struggle of finding self-identity is, is just, they have so much more that they have to deal with than we had to deal right. with. So it's, it's triple. And it's hard. patience. And the patience goes I'm a long way. So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Dr. Kathy, only the beginning, you're going to have a regular segment on Kaiba Health and Life. Mm-hmm. So to end the segment, you know, what are, what would you say are your top, you know, five recommendations for emotional resilience? Mm. My top five recommendations is develop the right attitude. Okay. Attitude determines everything. Attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. Attitude of gratitude. Stay in the right frame of mind. Because my, my godmother said one time, never challenge worse. It could always be worse. Always. Number two, be positive. Be positive. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone dull your shine. Don't let anyone take your... Be positive and stay positive. Number three, eliminate all toxic relationships. Don't try to help them. You're not ready yet. When you get to the place you got the strength, go back and get them. But until that, right. leave toxic relationships behind you. Become aware of your own mental state. Know what changes you. If you walk away from someone and they leave you feeling down and feeling ugly and feel, or they're always criticizing you, you don't need them in your life. And number five, never give up. Mm. Sure. Never give up. How can people Listen. get a hold of you? You can get a hold. My business number is 810-845-0200. And I'm on Facebook. I'm an open book. I'm on Facebook. Dr. Kathy mm-hmm. Burton-Brown, psychotherapist. Wonderful. Thank you beyond words. Thank you for having me. This has been thank so you. much fun. Nice Absolute, to meet you, Paul. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Paul Anthony, thank yes. you for being my guest co-host, oh, yeah. flying it. in from Brooklyn, baby. <laughs> and we have okay weather, so you're yeah, welcome. And a big thank you to our listeners and viewers. I'm Kristen Wolisanovich, and this has been Kaiba Health and Life.